Hello everybody, welcome back to Pit Shack Podcast, episode number 35. Today you're going to get a little bit of me and Trevor recapping the Florida trip, current events, uh, Turkey Bowl kicking off, Texas USMTS race, just a little bit of everything to get going here. Um, lag last week obviously because everyone was out of town, so this will be the kickstart to some consecutive episodes again. But this episode presented as always by Sharps Fabrication Station, Brighton, Missouri. Uh, check him out on Facebook. You can do anything and everything that you need, metal-related, uh, four-wheeler racks, go-kart racks, go-kart stands, um, fire pits, a little bit of everything. Uh, Allen's Auto, or Allen's Automotive, <laughs> Allen's Auto Sports out of Urbana, Missouri, uh, switched to his cars last season, and have never looked back since. He's uh, he's the go-to for new cars, repairs, parts, uh, scale, whatever you need. He'll get it to you straight, honest, cheap. And then while you're over there, check out Dallas County Speedway next door on Friday nights. USRA sanctioned B mods, stock cars, uh, Power Eye Midwest mod, pure stocks, and front wheel drives as well. They race every Friday night. Got some specials going on throughout the year. And there's a big micro uh, now 600 series race coming up. In the, it's, it's in two couple weeks, isn't it? Uh, beginning of April. So we'll be out there checking that out. Our friend Michael Covey bought a micro, and he's going to go race that. So we'll be out there supporting him, pretending we know what's happening. Dick Stick by Drake. He's here on scene today. Get you took care of. New shocks, repairs, revalves, just whatever you need. And then tech support also with his shocks. You got to buy his, though. He's not going to help you out with yours. Uh, get a hold of him on Facebook, Dick Sticks by Drake. Um, his phone number and email and everything's on there. You can... Get Integra, Bilstein, Pinsky, working on Bilstein, working on Bilstein. Bilstein. A month later, he gets you took care of. And Austin Johnson with Oz Designs, um, he's got my wrap just about done for Humboldt coming up. So he's doing uh, Michael Covey's micro. He's done quite a few cars, uh, lots of logos. So he's your man to go to. Check him out on Facebook as well. Coming back from Florida. Um, been back since Sunday afternoon. We kind of decided we were wanting to drive overnight. And Trevor woke up a little, a couple hours after we left and shot the Springfield and watched the first installment of the Turkey Bowl. But Florida's a good trip. Lots of uncertainty in that <laughs> entire trip. We spent a few days in Gulf Shores and then eased over to Navarre, Florida, is where we stayed. Um, everything about it was all good, but Navarre was kind of tame so if you guys go to pensacola orange beach uh fort meyer area navarre's away from anything so i probably wouldn't look into going there but uh got to go watch in baker florida forget the name of the first racetrack they were at so we went to southern raceways where i raced at but i forget the track that was in baker i think it's southern florida raceway or something like that i got to go over there on tuesday and meet with what was going to be the crew chief for the weekend. Um, so that was my first time running into any of those guys that I was driving for. Spencer Andrews on the car. If you hadn't heard the story, they did a like a driver search thing. It's been a couple of months ago now, looking for somebody to fill in. Because Peyton Taylor, he promoted the Clash on the Coast race, and uh, he typically drives a Spencer Andrews 01 car. And they were looking for someone to drive the car so they can have their sponsors and everybody 
in front of what was projected to be a pretty good crowd, pretty good draw, which it ended up being there's 60 cars basically each night of the event. And I threw my name in the hat, and I was very surprised by the support because it was just a – I threw my name in and noticed I got a little bit of rally behind me and kind of did some subtle PR stuff, I guess, and – had a lot of people chiming in, not just tagging my name, but giving somewhat of an explanation as to why I should drive. So that was pretty cool to have that kind of support from those guys. But they uh, were holding out for quite a while, and they ended up announcing it about two weeks prior to the event. That's And I found out about two and a half weeks prior to the event that they were going to use me. But they are kind of holding out. They had somebody from the NASCAR ranks in particular singled out and uh, that was going to be their primary guy, but I was one of the backups, and Joseph Joyner was one of the backups. And one, uh, once the once everything got shook out, they called me, said that there was a slight change of plans, that they didn't want to have one guy in for the entire time because of the feedback being so great. So they, uh, Joseph Joyner from Hunt the Front drove the first half of the weekend, and I got to drive the second half of the week. So it was cool to go down there i watched from the airbnb on monday watched the race and then baker was about an hour and 45 minute or two hour drive from where we were staying in gulf shores and so we went over there and met with them um and just watched the races in anticipation after that and got to go to southern and race on my own uh, we got to practice on thursday did pretty all right the first couple of sessions i was i sucked um I was terrible. Got better, got accustomed to a four-bar car again. And picked up some speed there at the end. The last couple, two or three sessions, I quit driving so bad, and we've made time up. And we're top of the board until the second to last session, I think. And Bracera knocked me down. So I was second quick overall, and there was 62 cars, I think, at practice. And I was jazzed, but still not really sure, because it's been since 2000. Well, I drove Opie's car in 2020, I guess, yeah. four-bar car. So I guess technically it's been since 2020 since I drove a four-link car. So jumping in green from the off-season into that was a – it was a little bit of a mind rake. So had to get used to that. There's a lot of footwork habits that you that need to change from a two-link car to a four-link car with the brake floater and all that. So – Friday night I was a tiny bit timid, ran second in the heat race. We qualified, we were hot, hot lap hero that night. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, but yeah, you were quick time and hot Quick laps. time and hot laps overall. So I was all jazzed about that. And then go out in the third heat race, and I started on the pole. I drew a four, which was even more of, of a wild. I didn't know what to think about that either. But started on the pole, and then kind of got squeezed right off the bat and started in the dirty stuff. And uh, 99 car, what the hell is his name? Marty. Yeah, Dallin Murdy. I raced with him, and he smoked me. <laughs> I didn't do a very good job in the heat race. He dusted me. Started ninth, redrew a nine for the feature, and just as soon as we took the green, I banged wheels and knocked the toe out of it. Not a bunch, but enough, and I was on the struggle bus from there on out and was 12th, 13th there for a while and got lucky with the late race caution was able to sneak out an eighth, but I was pretty bummed over that because – when I came in after the feature, everybody was fairly quiet. I wasn't very – I was kind of dejected. And it turned – like I had a lot of high expectations leading into that, even though I haven't drove a modified before. But it's like hoping that I would do well because of the pressure. And it didn't pan out. Eighth place is nothing to shake 
your head about. I mean, it was all right, but still pretty bummed out over the whole deal. So, especially with, I already had a lot of the pressure, and then Joiner went out. He ran third his first night, and then he won the second night in it. So, that didn't help my chances any. But I don't want to make it, didn't want to make any excuses. So Saturday I buckled down, and I was pretty hard on myself overnight throughout the day, being pretty pretty dejected. Went out, uh, was passing for the lead in the heat race on Saturday, and knocked the right front off the bead. So I really thought I was screwed then. And drew a B feature with Austin Barcera, the other joiner dude. Um, Ethan Braxton was on the front row. Yeah, Ethan Braxton was on the front row. I start second row inside, and they take two. And I, well, yeah, I wasn't so sure about that one. And slid the guy, or didn't really slide the guy, going into one and two that was started on the pole. Me and Braxton were raced side by side down the back stretch, and I got the lead and won the B, and Barcera ran second, so put me starting 21st in the feature. And slowly made our way up to towards the front, was just kind of being careful. And there at the end, I, I thought I might have had a chance on that last restart. But well, with the restart with about five or six to go, the one before you guys went basically green, white, checkered, I, I feel like that was your best shot because the top four, you were running fourth at the time. You guys were going down the back straightaway and just looked like drafting a Daytona, just mixing it up back mm -hmm. and forth. So that was that was probably going to be the best shot right there to, to throw your name in the hat because, I mean, Becerra was on a mission once he got to second to try, yeah. to, try to make something happen. Yeah, he uh, – he shook, he shook it up for me because I was – I mean, I didn't see anybody that I'd started with back there for the whole race. I thought no. I was doing pretty all right. And on that long green run, I kind of settled in. I got past – Jeff Taylor passed me, and I was running fifth at that time. Mm -hmm. Kind of settled in. That was – I was kind of at a stalemate. Didn't want to overdrive because at, at that time, the racetrack was still – it was dirty the entire time, but at that time it was really dirty. I was hoping we was going to have a yellow. Well, Jeff knocked the right front off the bead and smoked the wall right in front of me. So there was my yellow. And I, like I said, I had, maybe I had a shot. This the cards are going to have to shake out just right. But I really, really, really wanted to get third. Once it got down to it and I fudged the last lap a little bit and wasn't able to get by that guy. But I was wanting to be able to do the get on the podium because I had pick group picture thing on the front stretch to get the car out in front of everybody to kind of add to – me being bad on Saturday, on Friday night, I wanted to get on the front stretch and have a little bit more publicity for everybody on Saturday, but I was definitely okay with fourth, considering how the night had started, because I really thought that I was screwed. I didn't want it to be a deal where when it was all said and done, to where it's like, oh, well, at least you had fun, because, I mean, I did have fun, and the trip was great, but there's so much pressure to do well that I wanted to make sure that I exceeded everyone's expectations, including my own, and I didn't really, I don't really think I did that. But there's still – that sounds backhanded to say something like that. But I really, really, really want to do good for those guys. And especially when Joiner won, that's kind of put me in the oh, shit seat. <laughs> like, you're going to have to do something. And on one hand, he he races for a living. And that's his his local tracks. So he can, he can drive too. So that helped him out a bunch. But there's no excuse either. We all had the same chance. Barcera had never seen him places, and he was a stud. But – yeah. I wish we had, Friday was a burner for me, honestly, because I was in my head so much that I wish we could – we had one more try. I wish we could have done Sunday, and I, I would have really been jazzed about my chances. But because the car was good, the car was better than me for sure on Friday, but I'm 
very self-deprecating when it comes to confidence, and I, I beat myself up over that deal because after the heat race, I was pretty well whooped, and then the, the hitting the dude on the first lap of the feature, I was started ninth. I bet I was 18th or something by the time we come out of two. So. Uh, within two laps, you'd lost probably eight spots there. Yeah, I was bum, bum, bummed. <laughs> so after that was all done, luckily the eighth popping out there at the end helped out. But Well, I think you gained a lot of respect, especially from Spencer, because Spencer was there Friday. You, you never really gave up. I mean, you had a couple late race yellows there, and to avoid the – Talladega crash down the front straightaway when there's about 10 cars going every which direction to avoid it and be able to run up through there and keep the car decently clean. I know you knocked the front end out early, but I think it showed him that you're not you're there to try to win no matter what. You're not going to yeah. give up and just fold over. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. First, I mean, first and foremost, like you want to do well for all those people, but second, you want to do well for yourself too because you know there's a lot of people out there watching and there's a lot of people that would love to see you not do good just as much as the ones that would love to see you do good and both of those groups get in your head and you just want to you want to do it to show everybody that you went down there for the right reason or whatever but yeah I was getting really frustrated there towards the end of the race and like I slid a dude for ninth <laughs> and that's not really my speed but I wanted to like dig but not tear their car up either because there's no point in crashing that far back but you can never, you never, ever, ever know what's going to happen, so you can never give up until they tell you to get off the racetrack. So that was one of those times where I was pretty dejected when that yellow came out there at the end, and then they were crashing on the front stretch. That was kind of my second, second wind, and then that led me into Saturday being a little more head down. But That place just raced so weird, though. Uh, after three or four laps, everybody would get kind of get strung out because it's – there's just enough clay in that dirt down there to hold the sand together is really all there is. It's just, it's all sand. And you could really see it Saturday night when it got a little character to it. You guys would roll off into three and off of the right front tire getting into three where Austin and I were watching, you were shooting a, a trail of sand up six, seven foot in the air off the right front tire, just how crummy dusty it was. And it would only be really good for the first couple, three, four laps off a restart once you guys could kind of get it, try to pack down. Yeah, that was the tricky part on Saturday is that the line changed so much because it was so, so, so dirty that you could run, like, I ran the bottom forever and was doing pretty good. Then it went away, and I moved out to the middle of the racetrack where it looked bad, and it was fast. And late in the race there, like I said on that last lap, I kind of fudged because I was running the middle top because he couldn't run the top. It was more middle top-ish. And I was running that catching those guys in second and third and we had that yellow and I had a, two good restarts there at the end where I was able to cross the racetrack because the guy that was in third was hell bent on running the bottom so he switched lanes and I switched with him and on that final restart on the white flag lap I shot into one and two and it was so dirty from everybody running on the bottom on that restart that it almost spun the car out because it didn't have any stick but that was how it was the entire race. It'd be so dirty that you drive in there some laps and the front end just would not work. Or it, the front end would work for about three quarters of the corner and then it would stop working again. Because there was anything with color didn't have grip. And if it was black, it was fast until corner exit. It was as, as backwards as anything that I've ever raced on. I tried thinking every day this week so far, 
leading up into recording this how to describe that place. And the only thing I can come up with is like riding a dirt bike with a flat tire. You might have it for a minute, but it's going to get you a little bit crossed up for a few minutes. And then you might get it again, and that's exactly how it felt. It, it was just... It wasn't as unnatural as a old Wheatland like a couple years ago because old Wheat like a couple years ago Wheatland was I don't know how anybody ever even read that place, but it was in the sense that like you hear the cliche like the line changes through the night. Well, that one changed by the laps. Like it literally was different every single lap, and cars were doing stuff that didn't make any sense. The more bent you were, the better you were. If you tried to drive straight, the front end didn't work. It was it was hard and getting on the four length stuff like you get a little bit of b-mod habit in you and flat slide it and then the front end whooped after that so yeah you were doing that in traffic a little bit there the beginning of saturday trying to get through traffic and i mean it was working but then once you finally got clear track you you could tell it took a couple laps to try to get to where you put the right rear back under it and you'd drive it just a little bit bent with like your left hand up at about 11. yeah it's hard for it to go down a back straightaway because it that place was so crummy and shitty that you had to get it pointed to get up off the corner yeah if you didn't if your corner exit if you weren't pointed where you thought you needed to be you were going to be in trouble but it raced one and two raced like uh, almost half mile ish because you could give you can give and take on your speed so you could drive in on the uke tire and make a goofy ass late diamond and be really good I don't know. It was the strangest place. Like I said, it was like riding a dirt bike with a flat tire. Like that's the only, the only explanation that I would be able to have for the whole thing. Like you could do it, but it just it was a little bit harder than it should have been. But I was a little bit torn on the whole deal because, like, whenever we got down there to, to watch at Baker, um, Joiner ran third that first night. Not that, that's cool. But me and Austin were sitting there watching that feature, and he was leading, 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 and. After they threw the checker, I like looked at Austin. I'm like, well, "Wilp," because <laughs> like, you're a little bit torn. Like, you want it all to go good. You want him to do well, but at the same time, like a little bit of you wants him not to do as good as he did because then, like, you don't, you know, you're next. So, set the bar pretty high. You think, "Uh oh." But when he won, we just like looked at each other, and I, that's all I said to Austin. I was like, "Wilp," <laughs> no, uh, no excuses anymore. I got things fast. So watching that was was weird in person because like I'm literally on the cusp of crawling in it. And then a little part of me thought, well shit, if he done so good those first two nights, why why would they take him out of the seat? Why would you not want him in the in that car? And yeah, I didn't know what was gonna happen there. I was yeah. I was concerned come about Tuesday what was gonna happen on that. He told me Spencer texted me that uh, probably an hour after the races and said, Don't worry, the plan's the same. I was like, Oh, and I text him back. I'm like, man, it's going to be hard to take him out of the seat. He's doing so good. It's getting a lot of – those guys already got such a following of their own, and it just created a ton of numbers on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. But he stood by his word and put me in it anyways. And it, they uh, they didn't want their car to have risk of winning a championship for conflict of interest is what they said. They didn't want it to seem as if anything was – that car was being favored for anything. So – I get that for sure. The car's plenty fast. It's it's a lethal, it's a badass fast race car, but they didn't want that to happen. But Joyner ended up getting a drive for some people out of Arkansas and ran second inevitably. Looked like at the beginning of Saturday he was going to win. But yeah, he just he faded and faded. 
Uh, I know he said after the races when he came over and talked that the right front shock went bad, but um, it just the longer you guys ran there Saturday, he was just it kept getting worse and worse and worse, and he finally got himself behind the eight ball there a little bit and spun out on one of those restarts when everybody was trying to make those bonsai moves. Yeah, he, uh, he got had a lot of pressure when he seen Becerra coming up there too. Because Austin was playing a little head game. They pulled up next to him under yellow, yeah. spun his tires twice, and it wasn't much longer after that he spun out. So. Yeah, because I was stand Austin and I were standing by Becerra's car owner over by the hot pit area in case something happened, and they had had a yellow, and Becerra's car owner turned around and was hooping and hollering because he came from twenty third or whatever to to third at that point. And when he pulled up beside Joiner, he had turned around, but Austin kind of spun the wheels down the back straightaway. We got beside him and. Yeah, I was just grinning because then he had to wait for 45 seconds for him to go back by him. And yeah. you know Joyner's thinking about that the whole time because he knew where he started. Oh, yeah. Dead-ass yeah. last. Yeah, he started with – yeah, right in the back with me. I know they were they were watching the B feature with me and Bercera closely. Yeah. Those guys were because I, I didn't think – I didn't know if I was going to get out of it or not because the studs that were in it. But uh, Bra- uh, Ethan Braxton was the ultimate wild card between us because yeah. he could have kept – either one of us from getting in the show. And I, I feel like Braxma felt a little bit of the pressure knowing who all was in there because that was probably the best B of the two nights that I oh, was for, there. Yeah, for sure. That was the toughest one. I was, when they, you guys came back told me the lineup, I was like, oh, yeah, even better. Well, it's, Braxma ran off into one trying to make something happen and tried to float it through the middle, and he got his right front in the stuff, and up off of two, he's just dump trucking it down the back straightaway, and from that place is just – once you have one error there on, in that sand, it just compounds. Yeah. It just rolls into another one because you try to make up for it and you can't go anywhere. Yeah. I was clearing him down the backstretch, and I made two laps in the lead. And I'm like, any minute now, all these, <laughs> all these guys are going to pass me back here. But it was fun. It was just a I – re, I didn't realize how much fun I had until it was all said and done because of everything that was going on. There was just – I said so the self-deprecation is something that I've always, always done. I'll never tell you that I'm going to go do good. I'll tell you that I'm going to do bad, bad more than I'm going to tell you that I'm going to do good. So Friday was a a mind fudge, but look, I wish we'd had one more shot at it, but maybe one more shot was what you don't need. You might get tore up on that sec, on that second go around. Well, I mean, Friday uh, it was just it was weird trying to read everybody, the guys that were there helping Spencer and working on the car and like Austin and I show up and Austin and I have like we know your routine pretty well and trying to figure out what do we need to do and not step on any toes. Friday was just kind of like let's learn how to work with each other and then come Saturday when we show up, it's it's game on. We're all kind of doing our own thing. It's like we've been working together half the year at that point. Yeah, That was a, probably the ultimate struggle was it? we practiced together, but honestly, whenever I first went out, Jordan, the, the crew chief guy, when I first went out for the first two sessions, he was pretty quiet. I think he was thinking, what? the hell why <laughs> did they sign this guy up because i was like very mid-pack and made i told him a couple things that i thought needed to change but i just kept reiterating like i need to drive this more to get used to the four bar stuff again and he didn't really say much and i drove we changed the left front shock and i got slower so he put it back so sent me back out again with a small right rear change and we were it's like four tenths better with that small right rear change we did. It's like go a little more. We go out after that, and we're like fourth quick. Make another very small change and go out again, then I'm quickest. And we make one more session and make it a little quicker. It's like, so then I think he had a little more faith in me. 
But up to that, those first two sessions, I think he was just kind of like thought he's going to have his hands full for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. And I was really like Thursday night, I was really down on myself. I was sitting in the car for the third session. I was going to go out, and I told Austin, I was like, I've got to drive this better, or they're going to tell me to go home. And from there on out, it was like got better at it again. But I was so freaking nervous, even with the practice session on those first two, that I was doing all the dumbest stuff. And I, that was my first time in a car since last year, too. So I was kind of shaking off a little bit of what I should have already have had shook off and then have the mental stuff going along with it. But that's what we talked about on Saturday was me <laughs> me chilling out. And I was pretty hell-bent on doing better on Saturday, so I'm glad it panned out. But the hardest part for me was like coming after the like you your top of the board and hot laps and then come in and go out for the heat race and you're you're four tenths off of what you were yeah. in hot laps, but everybody else was running the same laps. Like I kinda knew what I if we were in our own stuff what we would do to fix it for you, but I don't wanna speak up and try to tell pe- tell those guys what they need to do to their race car, so I I don't know, I just kinda step back and let Jordan do his own thing. Yeah, that was – and after that, too, I was so dejected that I couldn't even really give him any input because I didn't do a very good job. But I didn't think I, though, I was that great either. But I didn't want to come in aiming a bunch of excuses and trying to let on like it was just all the car, too. So it was hard to decipher how to handle all that stuff. And then the feature just made it that much worse for me. But then, like I said, when I came in, it was kind of like, a, well, we're just – this is we're here for fun it's like, I, I want to do good I mean I want to have fun no doubt but I want to do good too so I, it's a sound all boohoo to say but like I was almost the whole trip as a Friday night was like almost a wash because I was so bummed out about the whole thing and Saturday was the fix for the for doing well like I changed my demeanor on a little bit and everybody's a lot more positive about it yeah, well, uh, <laughs> after the heat race not really anybody said anything to anybody when the right front tire came down because nobody really knows what happened with the right front. And I wasn't in a great mood about it. I was pissed because I'd put the right front on 30 seconds before we set the car down. Yeah. Because were, we were in there cutting it, trying to get, get a new one on it so it would turn and that crap. And it was just, I was frustrated to no end. And I mean, I could see it when you parked it too. Looking through your shield, you were ready to rip the windshield bars out of it. Yeah, I was hot because I thought that was my whole night because we were passing for the lead, and I felt good. I was not driving like a sissy, and everything felt right. I thought I think I was going to win the heat race and drove off in there, and that was a pretty tough heat race we were going to be in too. So, yeah, when that happened, I thought, well, the night's shot because you don't climb out of IMCABs very much because you're usually pretty top-heavy. Well, you got very lucky in your heat race, I will say, because – it took you guys four starts to get took off there and we lost I mean, a few cars doing that instead of finish if since you crashed on the first lap or dnf'd on the first lap you would have been 10th but since you had so many original starts there was only five cars out on the racetrack when you guys had came to complete that first lap so it put, gave you a decent shot to start up front towards that beat yeah, it put me starting uh, uh, second in, row inside well i think it scored me like fifth in that heat yeah. race so put me second row in for that b and they took two and the previous nights they took three, so I lost my handicap a little bit. But, I mean, it all shook out and worked out just fine. But, yeah, I don't know. That was – every time I signed, I'd get into stuff like that. I start – like, you doubt yourself, you doubt yourself, you doubt yourself. But it all ends up panning out. But I just wish I had that – the swagger that most of the traveling guys have because 
they could just jump in, no big deal. But that's the one, I've always said that's one thing that I like more than any other racer is that confidence and the the don't care that a lot of them have. And like you sit there and watch a joiner guy mosey around all week like no big deal, but like he races for a living, so he wasn't really enthused by anything. And I'm sitting there like that's an opportunity in my life to get to go do something like that. So I'm on pins and needles like, man, this is going to make or break the rest of my career is how you almost feel at the same time. But And if we'd have been doing this, if I just went out of town during the season when everyone else is racing, it probably wouldn't have felt like as, as much pressure as it is. But the whole southwest Missouri community and every, and all the people that Spencer and them had watching, his, his family, his friends, his sponsors and all that stuff, we're all watching it. It's like a ton of pressure. And it, but at the same time, at the racetrack, though, we were pretty well left alone. So it wasn't like you had people standing there, like, eyeballing you every time. But The, the only thing that, like, Spencer could tell a little bit, because, I, I mean, I got there, like, 3 o'clock on Friday when you guys were wrapping up, and then hot laps were at 5. But the closer it got to 5, once you went and drove and went to the driver's meeting, you you were turning into a recluse you didn't say a whole lot you just kind of kept your head down and were walking around and as you were getting in the car for hot lap spencer kind of walked over to me he said what's uh what's his routine i said just leave those two alone you and austin i said just let let austin put the window net up let him talk to him before he goes out i said i occasionally say something but not very often just let him do his own deal he's very much a creature of habit and try to get something habitual here or something that feels half as normal and that way you're at least comfortable on the routine side of it. I know it's a completely different ball game with what you're sitting in, but yeah. that was going to be the, the deal to help you the most to get comfortable. There's nothing that anybody's going to say that's going to calm you down or make you feel better. Because you can tell somebody all you want. I've done it too. I've done it to Jaron. Like, you need to calm down, dude. But you're not going to calm down. No, <laughs> no not at all. You're the only one inside that helmet, so it's not going to happen. And... I don't know. I need. There needs to be some kind of drink, or there is a drink. It's alcohol, but <laughs> some kind of drink that you can have, like gives you confidence and that mean spirit that's going to send you out there and drive that race car like you got 30 more sitting there waiting on you. And that's what it takes. And I told Spencer, like, man, I, it's nothing that anybody's done to me. You can put me in a race car 100 nights in a row, and I'm still going to be a nervous wreck. So it doesn't. It isn't going to change anything. Because every time you get in it, it feels like that's your defining moment right then and there. It's like there's never a next race until the next race. So if you do bad one night, carry that on your on your sleeve until the next one. Because if you don't care about what happened, then you're never going to get better. You're never going to succeed. So in my opinion, you, like if you're on the road racing every night, like you're going to have some stuff. But I'd still be bummed until he fired the motor up the next night and do it again. That's exactly how it was over there. Yeah, I mean, Friday night was less than ideal. And... I mean, hell, we all just stayed up yeah, we went talking chill. about, like, we just were sitting in the pool there drinking beer, just talking about everything that took place and what what felt like you could do to do better and try to get a little more speed out of it. And I don't, I feel like that was, that was helpful, but just mainly to calm your nerves over anything. Yeah. Because you made good laps Friday. You really did, especially with the front end being knocked out with that guy not taking off. It just sucked plain and simple yep yeah so that, i don't know that all that saying all that stuff might make somebody think like you either like a dick about it or, or not appreciative and that's not it at all i just want to do well Le- granted 
with all the expectations and all the stuff leading up to it, I want to do well. But I'd have been acting the same way if I'd have drove my own car all the way down there. I'd have been the exact same way. It'd probably so, been worse, honestly. Probably so, because, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, you want to do good. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. You never know what's next. If you go down there and do well, you represent yourself well, and you, you talk soft, carry a big stick, you never know what's next. So you always want to look ahead and don't spoil the opportunity when it's in front of you by acting back and silly or acting out of pocket like be who you're supposed to be and race how you're supposed to race and it all turns out okay but I uh, I don't know man it's it was fun it was something that I didn't I didn't think was going to end up happening it was, it was fun to think about at first it was it was really fun to think about and then once they called me and said it was actually going to happen it was, it was scary to think about <laughs> there's a lot going on all of a sudden but like I said with Joiner doing well, it kind of made the cards a little bit funkier in my direction, and it made some people probably think, well, well, if he won, then Gilmore should win. And, well, uh, I mean, I think you showed a lot of poise, especially after that heat race. I mean, you're passing for the lead, going to guaranteed to start in the front three rows. If you started in the front three rows, I think. I think I'd have had a shot to win it. I, I really do, too. That was in hindsight, like after the races were over, I think I would have had a shot. Not that I don't think I abused my stuff getting there, but I would have been able to play my cards differently once I got to where I was at. Because yeah. by and that time, it was Jesus, it sounds like an airplane's landing. <laughs> by that time, it was pretty late in the show, and everybody was pretty much full bore. Yeah. But there was no placement. I think you can kind of place yourself early on in those races. You could, I say that Austin Barcera started last and won, but he was like, he. He wasn't disrespecting his equipment, but he was he, he was abusing his. There was some stuff. stuff that you didn't see when he was behind you that he was doing. I seen one thing that he did when he come across Finley and all of us, and I thought we were done. I thought all of us were crashed, and I don't know how we didn't crash. Well, he ran off the back straightaway twice in the first four laps. Yeah, but like, when you took you got a good start and you passed five or six cars there in the first two laps and were were rolling pretty good, and it was almost like. He knew that, like, he's going to follow you through there because you guys were in similar equipment. So he, he's trying to push the issue and fill the holes that you're making, especially when you're running the bottom early. And he tried to do a couple moves off of two, and he'd, he'd run off the back straightaway, but then he'd, he'd never lift getting into three and run it in five or seven cars deeper and all but junk himself, be smoking the right front off the frame rail. But somehow he was able to make it work. Yeah, he yeah. So me saying that stuff like, oh, you can't set yourself up. But maybe if I was, <laughs> I don't really know what the situation would be for me to drive like that the whole time. Like I guess in my own car because I'm the one that has to fix it. But that I just uh, you're supposed to take them chances when you get into other people's stuff. But you're not supposed to take them chances because if you go to pile on, pile driving somebody, then the the owner or the people working on the car is going to look at you like, what the hell did you do that for? And make and put the impression out that you're driving that car like that because it's not yours, and that ain't ever it either. I want to be able to drive other stuff in the future. So do well, but do it right. Don't be bouncing off of shit. But Barceras, doesn't, he doesn't race for a living, but he's almost getting to the point where he, he does because he races so much. Yeah. That, and he's very comfortable and understanding in his car. Like I said, if I had one more night, maybe I would have got a little crazier and drove it a little bit harder and more understanding. But... I drive my personal car pretty hard when it needs to be done, so just that one there wasn't 
I wasn't on the verge of being wild because I didn't want to ruin my race. I already had so much stuff going well for me in that feature that knocking a tire off of it would have really made me feel like a heel. Well, that's where I feel like you had a lot of poise because, I mean, after running 21st to 4th, you get out and I really didn't know how to read Jordan the whole weekend. He's very reserved. But you get out and park it and, like, he's smiling ear to ear just how patient you were. And, I mean, he even said it when you left. He said you've... You did really good that Saturday. Saturday, just working your way through there and taking care of it. That way, you had a shot there at the end. A couple of years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. I started 21st, thought I needed to be in the top five on the first three laps, and <laughs> I'd have had someone shit tore up. So, I don't know. That's all. It was all fun. I hope I get to work with them in the future, of course, because they got super duper nice stuff, and they're all really nice people. And Spencer, was, Spencer's crazy for putting two random people in his car, but I respect the heck out of what he did and I'm forever grateful for that and Peyton's really was really gracious in allowing that to happen too because there's no more weird feeling than watching the car that you drive drive around the racetrack without you in it yeah he's so. standing in the infield working promoting the event watching his race car go around two different racetracks with two different people yeah and I don't think I could do it it'd be like somebody taking your girlfriend out for the weekend yeah I told the best analogy that I could say I told Spencer it's like riding in the passenger seat of your own truck yeah it's like you just don't really know how to feel about it you don't really know where to put your feet everything just feels odd and I'm sure that's how he felt because you've have you driven my car before no no my dad has and then Davin Lawson had I think that's it but just making a couple hot laps what even dad driving it he's like it's just weird I, I can't fit. I can't see out of your seat. That's true, yeah. But Davin drove it one night, and Dad's driven it uh, five, six times probably. But it's just odd watching your car go around there because you're the only one that ever crossed through the window of it to drive it. So I'm sure Peyton kind of felt that way. But same time, he was so busy that I'm sure he didn't get to watch it as closely as he thought or that he could have. But he made it a, a very big effort to stay as far away from the car as possible too, he said. He didn't want to be over mingling for the same reason that Spencer didn't want people to be in the same car all week. Yeah, I mean, you drew that four on Friday, and Spencer was not happy about you drawing yeah, the four. Yeah, it looks it looked funny, it, and it, I thought the same thing, and I pulled that out. I, like, looked back at that lady. I'm like, okay, cool. And I walked <laughs> off, and I got to think about it. I'm like, oh, shit. this Because, I mean, not... Joyner got a front row starting spot one night. Yeah. He start... kind of backed up a little bit, but the night he won, he started ninth in that heat race. So it... Yeah. And I started uh, third row in that heat race on the second night. So, yeah. But there was a high-low bucket, too, which makes, makes it to where you draw real on the first 50 one night and the back 50 the second night is how that was based out. But I drew that four, though. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, we're going to have to eat this yeah. after I got to thinking about it a little more. But no one said anything. I never heard, I never heard anything about that all weekend about even when I was there watching, I never heard any kind of favoritism stuff. The only time I've seen Peyton besides after the races to pick Spencer up was when he was riding the, the side-by-side around, told you to go line up for hot laps because we were uh, kind of him hauling around there yeah, a little bit. going a little bit slow, getting ready. But, yeah, he stopped by, like, on occasion, but it would be, just be a touch-and-go, like, say, yeah, other than going, and then it was kind of rhetorical, and he'd keep moving because he had other stuff to worry about, and he was staying away. He didn't have anything to do at our trailer, so that was – it was cool. Florida was unique. The racetracks are very unique. I'm not saying that I didn't like Southern because, it, honestly, after I first got there, and I thought that, like, this is a, a little 
It's kind of like flipping. That's, that <laughs> that's what I thought when I got there Friday and I watched you hot lap. Like, yeah. watching you get around the place and kind of how it was shaped and how you had to get off a two, like, I instantly thought of flipping. I mean, yeah. other than not having a wall so close on a back straightaway, I thought it was flipping 100%. It felt like flipping in the – like, when I first got there, I'm like, this place is kind of eh. But I liked racing on it. It was cool. But after seeing that in Baker, I'm pretty proud of the racetracks we have around here. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to race down in that area all the time just because of the sand. It's so freaking hard on stuff. And I was telling Ashley on the way home, I'm like, I'm pretty, they're going to have to go over that car pretty good because yeah. it spent four, six days in total, I guess, on the racetrack in sand. And I put that picture on Facebook of the front bumper grinding all the powder coat off the front bumper. I can only imagine what it did to the Himes. And up into the bell housing where the input shaft goes in the crank and all that. I mean, there's so much. And I mean, I was sliders and shocks and all that stuff. It's just killing it. I was spraying the himes down and kind of checking some bolts and stuff Saturday when we got there. Just making sure everything was freed up. And you could do, like, before I, before I sprayed the silicone lube down in the himes to make sure everything would move, you could just feed it. felt like sandpaper as you were grabbing yeah. the rods and going to move it. And you could see... I mean, they had the good Teflon Himes on there, so you can see the Teflon inside of the, the rod end on the on the bearing, and it was, like, all flared out and red from the sand. It just it looked terrible. Yeah, that, it's it's be a project getting that thing back together. That's another thing Peyton's brave, brave for is inheriting that because he raced the Southern before, so he knew. He knew what that place was like. So he's inheriting a bunch of maintenance. We didn't tear anything up, thankfully. It's body is in the best. It's not bad, but I, it got a little ugly. But it's got to inherit the maintenance of after, general maintenance and then preventative maintenance from here on out. So bird cages and sliders and sh- everything. It all needs inspected and cleaned up. A lot of that stuff needs to go through solvent tank. Honestly, I think it needs. Yeah, to- I'm, I mean, if it were my own stuff, like I would be taking the uppers and the lowers and the ball joints and all yeah. the himes and just try to get everything out of it that you can because it it's bad like yep. you, you we got back to the room and you took your shirt off and you're just covered in sand Looked like i had a spray tan under like from where the sand went down to the front of my shirt or my race suit end up like on my belly and stuff it looked like i had a spray tan on and when i took a shower it was just pouring off of me and my hair from the vents and my helmet there was orange all in my damn hair it felt like i felt like a dog like old stiff nasty hair but I know the, there's a little spot on my shield where it's got a small opening, but there's sand in between the sub-laminate on my shield. The whole front of the face on my shield is, or my fabric on my helmet's orange. My gloves are orange. It's, yeah, yeah it's, oh, my feet. I, that, I was crying about that for two days. The balls on my feet from sand getting into my shoes and my racing shoes would get in my damn shoes for me walking around. The balls of my feet were raw as could be from that stuff. I took so, my shoes off when I got here today, and like I'm still picking sand out of my socks from wearing these same shoes down there. Yeah. Like I, I know it sounds kind of exaggerated, but it's was astronomical just how powdery all of that stuff was down there. Yeah. It reminded me of Crucis was obviously Lost Crucis was worse because it, it for real is in the sand, but it was very, very, very similar to pitting in Lost Crucis of how the, the sand being there without the goat yep. heads, which was good, but. The weather was cool. That's about the only thing to go on top of that. Oh, I, I got sunburned Saturday, thanks it to you. It was humid as God, it was humid. When we were at uh, Joiner's shop on 
Thursday. It rained a little bit, and it was only like 75, 76 degrees, but it felt like 90 because it was so freaking sticky humid that whole time. So that was the only downfall of that, but the weather was cool, and I don't like sand really anyways, so the, <laughs> the racetrack was very interesting. You can go out there and grab mud and stuff off of the deck after the race. the same mud. And grab it off the deck where it's stuck and, and just crumble it up in your hands as if it was just... Yeah, I mean, you had told me when we got there and then after hot laps, you handed me that piece. And, like, you squeeze it. it it's, it's solid in your hand, but you squeeze it. And it instantly, as soon as you put any pressure on it, it's like you're trying to pour something out of an hourglass. It just starts running out of your hands. Yeah, There's I, no cohesion to it at all. I can't believe it didn't get just totally ignorant rough and that well will Har will harrington messaged me when i put on facebook that they we were there and he made he scared me he said you're at the biggest shithole in america <laughs> <laughs> so oh god he commented on my post too it's like you must really want to race and when he said that and sent me that message i was thinking oh god but it got cho it got choppy on saturday and that's not my speed but i didn't think it was just completely terrible it was just very unpredictable it, it wasn't like it wasn't rough really i mean it had some chop to it and a little bit of whoop it's kind of rolled like mud roll like a go-kart in a lot of spots but it was very inconsistent on where you could and you couldn't see it's monette monette was like angel stadium compared to that deal <laughs> so it was dark as shit that's why i got a new shield on uh friday morning i went i found a place in town called bryant's and bought a new shield because I had to have some fog lights because that place was dark. <laughs> and my shield from last year was a little bit scratched, but we raced at Wheatland right there at the end and Tri-State, so it's pretty well lit. So I didn't really notice it a whole lot until we got out there. But, yeah, those, that old shield was, like, running around on dim. So I put the uh, – I had the GoPro up for hot laps, just kind of propped it up on a fence. And then by the time heat races rolled around, the sun's pretty well down. And I went to do the same thing, and I'm looking at the preview on my phone. I was like, you can't even – can't see a race car out on the racetrack. Yeah, track. it's super dark. And the bad thing is, too, is like when you're cruising around under yellow and you, I flip my shield up. I'm sure everybody flips their shield up. You can't because there's sand and shit coming in your eyes. But you leave a shield down, it's still dark. So you can't really exactly see the line very well. So, yeah, it was a, it was a pain to try to go through all that. So I'm pretty jazzed on racing on whatever we're going to get to race on at Humboldt, what's the weather will decide that. If the weather don't have anything to do with it, then Ryan will have it up tip-top shape. But last year it was super-duper rough over there, but I'm looking forward to at least I'll know where to run. Yeah. Like at that southern down there, I didn't know where the hell to run. That, so. was, that was one thing. That was probably one of my biggest takeaways of the weekend. We go down there and you go go to a place like that and then, I stuck it out after getting up at 5 in the morning. I stopped back at Jerry's to watch the late model race at Springfield. And, I mean, kudos to Jerry. You don't realize what you got until you go somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I'm not saying I didn't like racing down there, but I don't wouldn't, I wouldn't want to race there all the time. Well, I'm, that's where, like, but it's Southern where was it's one lane, kind of. Like, it was tough to pass on. But then, like, watching that late model race at Jerry's, watching Logan up there banging the boards and then – Bobby's just on the hunt, you know, just moving around, going to the top, following Logan, going to the bottom, running through the middle, and being able to watch somebody just work the whole racetrack behind somebody else, which nobody really was able to do where we were at, was very refreshing to see, and it made me very appreciative of what we got. I guess it's all about where your, 
what geography you're born into because there's some people down there who thought that was the cat's meow and they may think these places we have up here dumps if they came and raced on them too i mean it was i mean you can't you can't knock it because becerra came from dead ass oh for sure to there win. Was, he but he had to do some kamikaze moves to stay where he wanted yeah. to stay if you look at the results there's a bunch of passing and i think peyton had a ton to do with that because the well the joiner joseph joiner said that there's a Three thousand and a ten thousand or something this coming weekend after the races, and he said he is not coming back. He said he hates that place. Yeah, and he lives. Uh, their shop was like maybe ten minutes from there, in town, and he said they only race there a couple times a year. And then the other track, he said he hadn't raced there in like five years. So, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> is it, like I said, though, you can get some of those guys up here, then they may think that these places are dumps too. I don't know, but. I'm pretty proud of I hadn't raced on anything like that that I have nothing else to compare it to, so that's standalone for sure. Yeah. But it's not something that I would just dread going back to. There's not very many places that I just simply will not want to go back to at all, and that's certainly not one of them either. I mean, I'd go back and race there for sure, but it, it was just certainly – it was interesting. It was the – it was interesting. The people are interesting for sure too. Like, that was in a whole other conversation that I was <laughs> – Man, I went to go get my <laughs> I went to get my money on both both nights, but Saturday in particular, they had a little bit of a line because they were doing uh, uh, points payout stuff, so it was taking a little bit longer. And the local crowd was racing there it was very very interesting. They were very enthusiastic, and they were not afraid to voice their opinion even when no one asked. And it was uh, I hadn't watched any races from the grandstands in a while and the grand the baker grandstands were a lot like that but the payout thing at southern was really really like that and i know we have hillbilly accents or whatever but those guys are like super duper twangy giving cussings yeah. and that was a yeah that was crazy we austin and i were austin was washing the car off with spencer friday and i was just kind of standing around being videographer at that point in time and I don't. I didn't really know what he said, the second half of it. But the first half, this guy, I think he was in overalls, honestly, and a trucker hat. And he walked up and he saw the number on the car, and he said, "You know what would make this better?" He said, "If it was orange, and it had the General Lee on the top of it, because yeah. it was 01." And I just, I kind of chuckled and I said, "Oh, I don't know about that." And he's like, "Well, that's how we do it down here in the South, boy." turned around and just walked off i had i was completely bamboozled yeah that was the that was basically the grandstand group in a nutshell and then well we were standing there after the races on saturday and that super stock i don't know what they it was like a it was a 602 crsa type deal yeah so i don't know what you super stock i think is what they called them right yeah and they come by and he had his roof on the hood because they just came out of tech and it was like kind of sliding off. on the roof Roof on the hood, yeah. <laughs> but he had to, he had his hood on the roof, and it was like kind of sliding. And he was hollering for the guy in the four wheeler like to slow down at first, so he can grab it. And the guy in the four wheeler didn't care, so that guy just slung it. He just threw it off his car and kept going. He almost ran the damn thing over. Well, to to watch what they were trying to do though just blew my mind. So to, they you could they could have went to the back side of the pit road and had a straight shot in their trailer, but they made a big circle the other way and tried to get a run and start at their trailer, and he had to make a hard 90-degree left-hand turn to try to hit the trailer. And he got a quarter of the way up there before it stalled yeah, out, and he about took the trailer ramp out. Yeah. There was 
not very many of those stock cars that finished the race. They started 17 of them, and five of them finished. I was sitting in the car. They were, they were right in front of us for the A feature. They started calling modified the staging. So I started getting my stuff ready, and I crawled in the car. And I put my helmet stuff on, and I get my headphones in, just like any other time I've ever done it in my whole life. Yellow. Let's send a race receiver. And it just kept on. And so I sat there on the lift because they were waiting to put back tires on the car. And the guy came with the radio and said, we're 14 minutes in, two laps down. It's like, we got to get some laps in. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and it's, I sat in staging after that about another 15 or 20 minutes. It was – there was six or seven cars left. And it was – we were look, – Austin was looking on his phone. The laps left. They were like 12 laps in of 25. Yeah. Was- and they – Took off on a restart, and a guy in third went to the bottom and had a great run. And I think down the back straightaway, that guy decided he was going to lead that lap. I think he had made it up in his <laughs> mind that he was going to lead the lap because he all but took out the light pole getting into three, like right on the tires, and just knocked the crap out of the guy that was leading the race. That guy ended up finishing fifth. Like, he went backwards. Yeah, that's – that was the whole night in a nutshell with those cars. But and then I don't, I was I mean, it started last pretty much, so I was sitting back there and I don't there was people in front of me. One of them was Dennis Schoenfeld. I don't think it was his car, but someone had their car running and alcohol about kill you. So I was back there choking. <laughs> I, I hate that part of racing IMCA car because yeah. the alcohol is the fumes just choke you out when you're in staging. And I mean, you gotta you gotta let your car run when you're on alcohol to try to get some temperature built up in it because those 604s don't run if they're under 180. They're yeah. just they're turds. And even whenever I was hot riding that thing the most, it didn't get up but like 190 degrees. I mean, no, I was trying to kill it. And, and that's with the the small little Jones three blade fan on it. Yep. I mean, it, yeah. there's nothing to them. It had a Super Bowl carburetor on it though. That thing was awesome. They're like, mean. I didn't. I got to where I was. Like you don't have, you don't have to clear it out, obviously, but. I got to where I was starting to remember that. You just go down the back stretch, and it's ready to rock and roll. So, from a, I, did, I had never driven one, so from a dead idle down the back stretch, just floorboard it, and it never skipped a beat. So, I thought that was pretty damn cool. Those are high dollar carburetors, and the return lines and all that stuff looks fairly complicated on it, but it was pretty damn cool. Because it just, I mean, it's not like the 604 just roared to life or anything, but it didn't sputter or anything. No. It, just kind of, it just climbed its way up through the motor, which I thought was cool. And, I mean, I, I saw that on there, and I think personally it helped you on restarts because that's one thing I feel like you struggle with oh, just yeah. to skosh is getting on re, getting aggressive on restarts. You're you're decent on restarts, but if you've got a move to make, you try to make it getting into one rather than trying to make something happen right off the bat. Yeah, and. That I feel like that helped you in that sense because you were able to take off a little bit better than most of them. Yeah, my restart typical. I was able to time people and drive right under them. Like on that B feature, I've had that guy. You had him crossed up with the flag stand. Yeah, I was. I thought they were gonna call it back for real, but I did too because yeah, you were. You, they give you a freebie. You were right front to his number probably, but the only thing that I think Braxma, helped on that was Braxman was already checked out. Yeah, into one. Yeah, he was pretty well gone too, but they give you one freebie. If you're going to try and jump, that'll tell you one time not to do it again. So, I know. I, as soon as Braxma – I was watching Braxma more than I was watching the guy in front of me take off. As soon as Ethan turned, I turned and we went. So, yeah. that may have worked out for me. Well, and when – like, watching that deal, when Ethan 
when Ethan turned the wheel, that guy spun the wheels because he saw Ethan turn and the, the car go to go forward rather than because his car wasn't still down. It wasn't on the bars. When his car, when Ethan went forward, that guy's car went up and it went sideways. Yeah. And you were already tucked out and going with him. Yeah, I was already floorboarded because I was scared they're going to make me go home. <laughs> so I had to go. I was. That was definitely an experience, but I, like I said, I wish we had one more night or wish to do Friday over again, but that's how it goes. It wasn't wasn't bad. I appreciate everybody for checking in. I had a lot of messages and texts and stuff throughout the weekend of people saying that they were watching and supporting me. And well, specifically, it happened, it's happened more than once. And I don't know why sometimes it surprises me, but Chris Hawkins, always he always texts me. And since I drove for him and it kind of like come to an abrupt end, not a bad not a bad end at all, it just kind of stopped. It just always surprises me that even though I don't talk to Chris, that he's always reaching out. So, And it's not just him specifically. There's a lot of people that check in with me every time, but Chris is always somewhat surprising for whatever reason. So I appreciate him and everyone else checking in. We'll have a video. I don't know how it's going to end up being a fairly long one, I think. So yeah, I, 30 minutes or so, I'd imagine. I, I tried to take a lot of just – random clips and I mean you might throw a lot of what I took away anyway just I would just turn the GoPro on when they're standing there talking and BSing and just debriefing basically afterwards and just to try to get a sense of what all happened like it's something we've always talked about doing and it felt really I won't lie to you it felt really weird like I was out of place carrying that camera like I didn't I did not like it at all it does feel like people look at you when you pull it out they're like what the hell is this guy doing but in no one's looking no one cares yeah. but it does feel weird when i was at the hunt the front shop i was almost embarrassed to pull the gopro out because like that's all those guys do so it's like I, I don't have any different gopro than they have but i just felt weird about doing it because i'm already awkward with videoing it anyways i'm always like all right here we go and then video instead of just letting it happen yeah. but let it be it's still organic but it's like letting everybody know so don't I don't know. But yeah, the couple that I tried to take, like me and Austin just kind of BSing there, just talking. Like we're, him and I are just sitting here like you and I are right now, just cutting up, talking, having a good time. And as soon as I pull it out and I hit the button, it's like, uh, yeah. just lock up. It gets awkward. Every time we go to start a podcast, I'm like 10 minutes of like, all right, here we go. All right, here we go. It's the same <laughs> way with that GoPro. But so it's a little – I'm still going to do more of it, obviously. But once this one gets put out, uh, you just – you get to see how the trip went. It's like a little more organic feel of who I am or who we are as holes. And you get to listen to us do this stuff on the podcast. You got a pretty good idea of how we act. But it's a – I don't know. I always see myself in a much different than people that race uh, I around think, here. I think the, the, best part, the, the best clips that I got were just – like, after you come in, it was like our typical deal because we're all still in the same mode, but I remember to hit the record button, walk up to the window, you spend 45 seconds just kind of talking about what took place in those eight to eight or 20 laps and just kind of what you felt. And I feel like that's going to resonate more with everybody because that was the most calm, relaxed deal, just like what happened, what do we need to do, what did you feel. Yeah, that part of it was a lot better. Yeah, at that time, like when the helmet comes off and you're done with the heat rays, like the camera's the least of your worries. Yeah, like, you got done seeing that shit that just happened out there. <laughs> but so I don't know. That's all it has. That's 
gonna be it's gonna be fun to edit. I don't know exactly when it's gonna come out. Just as soon as I can. We gotta get I gotta get it going here pretty quick because I should have a body back from my car. Um, this will come Friday. Yeah. Uh, this will come Friday. out. Well, I'm saying I'll have my car back Friday, and then uh, two weeks from today, which we're recording this on Wednesday. Two weeks from today, I'm going to Humboldt, so I got to get my stuff together. Yeah. So I got no body, no stickers, no motor. Got stuff to do. So I have to get this edit done um, the next day or two and get it out. And then I'll, I'd like to do another one for Humboldt. And since I have I own my own GoPro now, I'll be able to video some of the process of getting the car. Well, I, that was one thing that I was going to probably mention offline is when you go to do it, I think... I would like to come help because I ain't doing a damn thing. But come just set your camera up, my camera up, just in the corner, and just time-lapse record a couple, three hours of us working out here and try to let people know. I mean, I know we preach over and over again kind of the process that we go through and how meticulous we are, but if somebody could get just a, a high speed or a quick glance of what we're doing, I feel like it would reiterate how meticulous you have to be to be able to go out and run well every week yeah yeah there's a lot that goes into it and there's a lot that went into the just the planning of the florida trip and i didn't even have the car so there's a lot to go planning of the humboldt deal i got uh, tires and i just thought about tires to break down (laughs) mount and groove and whatever else there's plenty to do in the two week span so it'd be cool prop a camera up and i need just uh maybe narrate what's going on instead of just throwing it out there because I assume that sometimes people know what's going on when they watch it and they don't always know that so it needs a little tiny bit of narration but yeah, the Florida thing would be a cool so document from the front to the back of that and there's a wedding proposal in there so that was pretty wild that was on Saturday too that didn't yeah. help the anxiety <laughs> side of my Saturday he, Ryan made the comment after it was all said and done that Austin, Tammy, and I made it very awkward. But we're just out there hanging out, walking around, having a good time. I'd never seen the ocean before, so I'm just walking around, kind of people watching, looking around. And I, I did try to sit down beside him at one point in time, and I may have drew an obscene image when I sat down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I got to laughing, and I looked down, and you seen this giant bulge in my pocket. And I was like, oh, crap, Ashley's going to see that. i got to get up. I, I can't let her see this box in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah, that was nerve-wracking. That was, I think that made the races easier because yeah. I got the, the real nerve-wracking part out of the way. Never and ever in my life had I thought I'd be so nervous that I, for something that I already knew the answer to. <laughs> but holy shit, that was something. But got engaged, and I don't know, three days into this deal, so who knows when the plans are going to start coming together. But. All I know is probably middle of the year we're going to Vegas. Yeah, we're gonna. It'll be a. We, she already knows that we're on track for like a just November December kind of wedding because yeah. <laughs> the race season's in the middle of it. We won't have anybody there, and then yeah, we're gonna go to Vegas at some point to do some celebrating. So I got came back from. I didn't tell you this. <laughs> I came back from vacation, and I, I, my boss didn't have any idea about the wedding proposal deal but i come back from vacation and i got sent for a random drug test <laughs> so the drug vegas trip i'm sure as hell gonna go for a random drug test after that one too i thought that was interesting you came in there monday morning he's like hey uh are you about wrapped up i'm like yeah he's like when you get in truck we're gonna, you got a random I'm like oh random huh <laughs> yeah after a week vacation i hear you but 
So I'm sure after the Vegas one, I'll get a sudden random yeah. done then too. But uh, you know, nobody wants to hear any more about that part. But, <laughs> but um, Turkey Bowl first installment was done. Next installment's next weekend. Are you gonna race that? Cole really wants me to. Um, I don't know if I can. I would like to. I don't know how much I'm gonna get to race this year and might sell my house so that would put a damper on the whole race in progress so i figure if i'm on a race try to do it now but i'm at i'm gonna catch 22. i don't know like the car feels a lot better on american racers but i don't get a blade yeah that's true and i don't depending on what usra cars are there like tyler wolf shows up he probably went without a blade but i feel like my best opportunity is to go over there on hoosiers so i i don't know what to do yeah, I don't know. It'd be hard. I, if I can't race, I don't. If I can't run that race, then I don't know if I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure you're in the same boat. Like if you can't can't race it, then don't know. If yeah, you, I I showed up the other night to watch the late models because I knew about who all was going to be there. There's going to be some decent cars, but like if they're running a mods and I'm not racing, I damn sure I'm not going to be yeah. there because I'm just going to be all jonesed up and pissed off that I'm not racing. Yeah, I'd be a fish out of water feeling. I'll be so freaking ready to race my car that going out there is just going to make it that much worse but lucky i got the same same car from last year so i should go right back at home again so that'd be easy when i do get back in it granted i do don't make anything fall off of it it'd be nice to get back in it but i'll be so freaking ready to drive my car because the florida deal got me all razzed i'm ready to race again i, I didn't even drive and i'm i'm pretty wound up like i want to race but yep. i don't know if i should I mean, it's been all winter long, and it, the races can't get any further away. And then all of a sudden, they're here. And like that first hot lap session, you're like, oh, yeah, this is why I did it. But by July, you're cussing it, and you hate it. It's hot, and it sucks. But yeah, I, just, I don't know. We'll see. I, it really depends on how how this weekend goes. I've got some shocks for Mike Mike to work on and try to try to get that stuff lined out. And then I've got a couple other people supposed to bring me some stuff this week. So, I mean – business comes first in my opinion i would rather help everybody get their own stuff and i'll race when i can but if i've got time then i might i might try to make something happen yeah, so it'll be good to go check that out i think uh b mods a mods and legends are going to be running for their their side of the turkey deal now and then they said late i didn't see the oh comp cams is going to yep. be there on it's saturday friday saturday friday and saturday so press a double late model race for that terry phillips said he's coming um, Logan Martin be back, Scott Krigler, uh, Kyle Beard. I don't know who all particularly runs. I know Davenport's going to Boot Hill, but I don't. I can't see him going to Springfield's stuff. But he might. Boot Hill's this weekend. Yeah. But so there'd be some good good cars coming out there. Peyton will probably come back out. Tony Jackson. Um, yeah, I don't know. There'd be some good cars going to come for that. Like I said, Humboldt starts um, in two weeks. The Now series will be coming. To, Urbana in April, so that'd be good to watch. That'd be something different to watch. Uh, one thing that I did see, I seen it yesterday, so I screenshot it. Long way from here, but everyone's heard of Port Royal. See on their weekly purse. Did you see the purses that they announced? Yeah, no, so I, five thousand yeah. to win weekly. Four ten sprint cars, two hundred or five hundred to start, two hundred tow money, and the super late models four thousand to win, four hundred to start, two hundred dollars tow money. That's pretty damn serious to race well, there weekly. Everybody, like everybody's been saying, need to up the purses, up the purses, and they released that deal. And I've seen a lot of people complaining about it because they raised 
they raised the admission prices like $5 or whatever. They doubled the pay at least, and they're complaining about a $5 upcharge to get in. Yeah, and the same people that say they want the purses to be increased are the same people bitching about the $5 yes. increase to get in. Like, you want better quality of show, but you're not willing to pay five more dollars to get in to see that. But you're, they're going to pay that much more money. They're going to attract, I would say, at least 10 more weekly racers. They're going to have some can go. pretty fast regional guys coming there weekly. Not You're not going to have your national guys there weekly unless they're in the area, but you're going to have some fast regional people. Like Mason's, Mason Ziegler, he's running the Barry Wright car now, but he ran up there a lot. Then you get the 22 car. What's his name? Uh, Fergie? No, long-haired dude. Saturday. Saturday. Saturday is a stud. He's fast, Royal. really fast up there. So you get people like that, they're definitely going to be there weekly. And then the sprint car crowd is pretty damn serious too. So like Anthony Macri races up there quite a bit. Um, the dude's always complaining a lot uh, on Twitter. Whereas, anyways. Dietrich? Dietrich, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of him, yeah. did you uh, did you see that video that he quote tweeted uh-uh. about uh, it was Gullibut driving with one hand? Mm-mm. Oh, I see. I think he said I seen something about if you drive with two hands, you won't run as much stuff over or something like that. Yeah, you'd, you'd be a whole lot faster if you drove with two hands. Yeah. Like, I guess that's a completely different aspect in the open wheel world because I don't know very many people in our world that race with two hands. Everybody just drives with their left hand. Yeah, your right hand is kind of along for the ride in case stuff gets hairy. But and, like watching that guy drive that sprint car is exactly like we would do. The right hand just kind of sits there, the wheel floating through it, and if something happens, you kind of grab a hold and. Yeah, get up on it, but for the most part, you're just nice and smooth. Yeah, that Dietrich dude gets a lot of stuff started. Yeah, um, and I don't, I don't know if he's actually people for real like him or not. I don't know, but I do know he gets people razzed up. And then uh, Robert Ballou gets people razzed up too because he's very blunt and says what he thinks. But yeah. I don't know that community very well. But they'll be there <laughs> racing a lot, so yeah. that'd be, yeah, that'd be cool. To, and I think I want to say every one of their races are going to be on flow this year. And that's been a whole other topic of topic going on lately is these people doing one-off um, subscriptions and stuff. So Flo came in, saved the day for everybody. It was all pumped. Like, we get all these races for one subscription while all these people were looking around. Like, this isn't fair that they're making this kind of money. So now you've got Hunt the Front TV, for example. Um, Lincoln's got their own stuff now. Lincoln, Pennsylvania's got their own stuff now. So they're getting these one-off deals so people are having to pay Instead of it being under one umbrella, then they're having to pay separately to watch these shows. So you're getting a little bit lesser quality content, and you're paying what you would pay. You'd pay $25 like it used to be to yep. watch one race. And to say that makes you sound like you're lean and flow, we don't know how they pay the racetracks or how that stuff works, but maybe these one-off productions are benefiting the racetrack a little bit more than Flow is. However, Flow is gaining them this national exposure each and every time that they put a race on because I watch races from a... I'm not going to pay $25 to watch a race from Lincoln. No. I'm not going to go out of my way to do that because no. I don't know anybody racing there. But if I'm at home hanging out and i got the TV playing, I'm watching a race from Lincoln on Flow because why not? Because well, i got the I, subscription. I mean, we've said it time and time again. That's, that's what we enjoy about Flow is... Friday, Saturday night, if we're not doing anything, turn it on, we got a race on. And, yep. I mean, Beckham said that to me because he called me when he was racing Marshalltown last year. He's like, don't don't we know Ryan Gilmore? I said, yeah. I said, I lived with him for a while, and I, we do that podcast deal. He's like, that's what I thought. And he said, what the hell is he doing in Marshalltown? Yeah, it's just, I see people race that I didn't, that I wouldn't typically get to watch race or watch 
people that I really enjoy that I don't get to see in person very often on there. And there's a, it's, they race micros, it's northeast, they call it the action track, not Terre Haute, but some little bitty track they race micros on. I watch that stuff all the time. I would never probably have watched that It's on got my the own. blue wall around the outside yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, action track USA, yeah. I don't know what town it's in, but I watch stuff like that. <laughs> well, the night before we were getting ready to leave to go to Florida, we were, me and Austin were waiting on Ashley to get all of her junk ready. And we watched some drag race stuff. Lights out 14 is what it's called. So you just never know. So those one-off productions are going to be, um, that's popping up a little more and more. Like Springfield's had their thing. But Springfield's had their thing for a while. And that's cool. They're not. He's not going to offer it on flow. I don't even think the comp cam race is on flow. But um, as far as these one-off productions, I don't know if that's helping or hurting the overall streaming thing. That That's what I like. I don't. I I wish I knew what Flo did when they televise a weekly race at a place. Like, what do they give back to that racetrack? Because yeah. I feel like there needs to be something given back to the racetrack, helping them promote it. I know they're helping them promote their show and they're bringing new eyes to it. Like Marshalltown is a great example. Marshalltown, yeah, it really doesn't need the exposure because everybody knows how well that place races. But I would hope that Flo's putting something back in into the facility to make it so they can keep making that great content. Yeah. So it sounds like they keep an eye on moving forward. I know Hunt the Front started theirs and uh, it went good. So that racetrack we went to in Florida Southern was Hunt the Front's very first live production. Well, I don't know if you guys have seen the video out where there's a fight on the backstretch and a dude gets hit with a <laughs> shovel. That was at that track we went to. So that worked out good for them. They they hit a home run because they got lucky enough to have some craziness happen. But um, to, the only reason I'm going there with that story is during the driver's meeting on Saturday, Peyton Taylor had all the drivers in the pits sign a shovel <laughs> and gave it to the track promoters at the driver's meeting <laughs> in front of everybody. So I, that was cool. It was cool for Hunt the Front and good dudes to make the views, but it was funny to see that because that – I, once I put the two and two together, because he said it the night before, he said, absolutely no fighting in the pits, not going to tolerate it. If you fight, you're getting kicked out, and you're not coming back, whatever. And he's like, if you have any shovels, put them in your trailer. <laughs> and like, kind of thought about it for a second. I'm like, oh, that was here. And then the next night he comes by with a signed shovel and gives it to the people that own the racetrack. So I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but I feel like there was something else that I was going to talk about before we got this kicked off here, but... The Port Royal thing was one of them for sure, but I thought I had notes of something else. Try to dig through my notes here. I just maybe not. We got. I'll go ahead and put it out here now, so put pressure on both of us. Kyle Slater is going to come on. Yeah. He recently made a move. Um, I don't know if he's ready to announce it, but he made a move in two different genres, and. We're going to talk about that, and he said he's got some stuff that he wants to talk about, so that's good or bad. I don't know. But Kyle Slater's coming up. Um, like I said, Humboldt's coming up, so we're going to have to boogie if we're going to get some stuff done. But there's going to be enough people at Humboldt. There's a very serious possibility that we might be able to knock one down while we're over there of somebody that we might not have reached to or be able to sit down with at the moment. So there's a couple people that I have in mind that I just need to talk to to see if we can drag our stuff over there and talk with them while we're there. Granted, I, think, I don't tear my car all the pieces in the meantime. Well, I think, too, like if we could work it out, 
and get some of them do whether it's an official episode here just do like a Facebook live deal like we we've talked about this previously just do a Facebook live and have people pop in and out and try to make something like that happen where you we get a variety of people and you can we get some live interaction that yeah. that would be the key is having everybody engaged where we can get live interaction when we're talking to these guys to find out what what you guys want to know or what the listeners want to listen what they want to hear out of these guys and there's some people we want to talk to or that want to talk to us that may not have a full interview lined out they just want to present some information and move yeah. on and that'd be perfect like I would love uh, Bryce Hall's got plenty to talk about because the dude's been everywhere and he's done a lot. But I'd like to touch in with Bryce Hall. I'd like to talk with the guys from Monet, uh, the Power Eye Group. We still haven't talked to them, so there's and the Power Eye Group's going to be its, its own episode for sure because yep. there's a lot. There's still stuff going I, on. I that. would like to propose we get the Power Eye Group on relatively quick because I want some rule changes for 2024. I want to try to, uh, in my opinion, the Midwest Mod Chalk Rule is very dumb because you buy a Bilstein, you can buy a Bilstein from Speedway, you get a custom valve, do whatever you want, change pistons, put whatever gas pressure you want in it, but it's all okay because it's a sealed shock. Why why can we not propose another option? Because you'll, you'll laugh at me because it's a blue shock, but AFCO offers a shock, and I'm sure Integra could do the same thing. All I'd have to do is talk to Jason, but They've got caps on the bottom of them that are tamper-proof to where you have to have the specialty tool to be able to open them, and only a select number of people can open them. So why can't we do something like that for the Midwest Mod deal instead of these guys spending 190 to $200 on a shock, mm-hmm. and you, you have to run the Bilstein. You have to do it in order to be fast. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's options for improvement on the, that front. Yeah, the Midwest Mods are too strung out too far along and i'm gonna have to rein it in at some point and the full sail panels i still think are stupid <laughs> i showed up to the race this saturday or sunday and it i thought i was watching the b months yeah i don't the pits don't I, know with all the new wraps and stuff and like not seeing some of these cars on a weekly basis i don't know what's what like looking at play day pictures i don't know who's who's who and I hear that people still say, oh, there's too many modified classes, and then what, what we do, we dress them all up to look the same. So imagine if IMCA was at Springfield. IMCA car, B mod, Midwest A, Midwest B, and they all have the same sail panels, and they all have the same bodies, and they look the same. Yeah. You don't know what the hell you're watching. No. That, but, that was my frustration. But there's a lot of guys who just said, screw it. And left it. And left yeah, it. Yeah, cool, because I know who they are. I could check, that's Midwest mod from a mile away, or the ugliest B mod ever. But... <laughs> I don't. That's the. I. I hate that. That's my my only hot take of the night. I think. But yeah, the shock stuff, the the motor stuff. I don't know what the hell you do about that because they're fast. And the the motors are. They've just been slowly. Everybody's figured out cam grinds and yeah, bores and they've they've got that side of it figured out. I mean, if and basically the shock rules open. It really is. But technically, it's not because yeah, the Bilsteins don't have a Schrader valve on them or it is, but it a port yeah. a port on them. So let's open this up. I mean, everything else has already been opened up. Why not just keep on going? Yeah, yeah, but get yeah. I don't know. It's a you can get off on that. B mods are the same. A mods are the same, and so on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You get a lot of. Th- there's a tenure with that, and there shouldn't be. 
anymore. Well, it is I, what it is. My my hang up on it is, and I'll I'll leave it at this. My hang up is, I have people ask me to work on their Bilsteins or repair a Bilstein, and like at this point in time, I can't. So they either one have to buy a brand new shock instead of spending fifty dollars and putting a shaft in it, or they send it back off to somebody and do something when I can save them money. I can save them at least fifty dollars in shipping mm-hmm. if they would just bring it to me and go from there. Yeah. I, that's that's my hang up on it. Yeah. Well, I think that's we about got her covered here. Said I don't uh I don't know what else is gonna flag down. I'm sure just as soon as we hit stop, it's gonna come back out again. Oh but yeah. Lots to look forward to though. Hopefully the weather doesn't fudge King of America because. At Rocket the other night, they had a crazy car count, and Humboldt's going to be the same. And there's nothing on modified guys, so there's nothing better than USMTS. I'll watch them yeah. until I can anymore. So I'm pumped up on that. So look forward to that. And check out Michael Covey when he gets that micro done. If you see a dude running around with his head sticking out the top of the cage, that's him. <laughs> so, he's crazy. We're, I'm excited to see him, but he's crazy. Those cars. Don't, we don't know anything about them, and they crash hard. So, so I'm excited to help him work on it. I went over there the other night and was just—I don't really know what I'm looking at, mm-hmm. but he wanted me to come look at it. And there's a couple things that I like maybe fix the hinds on the bars and get get the bird cages where they're a little freer and that that kind of thing. It's a whole new world to me, but I'm really excited to try to help him get that thing go. I've spent spent a lot of time on the phone with Kaiser trying to get something worked out for him and I'm, I'm excited yeah it'll be fun to watch it'll be at Urbana um, I think it's going to race really really well especially if he makes he had somewhat of a man-made curb there late last year yeah and if it those I don't think those cars are going to rough the racetrack up because they're so well, light if they the, can get up there and move on that curb they will the so, tires on those things are soft enough they can create their own they create They're, their own they'll pull it up yeah and they'll be able to have a curb somewhere so I think it'd be cool and he said that uh Terry Maddox stopped in, and whether Terry was just giving him a generic answer or not, you don't know. But he said Terry was pretty jazzed about it. It's like the perfect size for micro races. Well, Terry's, from what I've seen of him at the shootout and stuff, Terry's very opinionated. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. Yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be a good deal. There's going to be a ton of cars there. So it's a totally different genre of racing. You go around the pits at a micro deal, there's nothing at all like modified late model pits. So it'll be something to go see. We're going to have pure stocks one night and, and front-wheel drive. Front drive. So I have to look at that for sure. But there's some local classes going to be there as well. You guys need to check the schedule out on and give it a look. But I think that's it for the night. We will have another one sometime for you guys on Thursday next week. And we'll get caught up then. Look forward to posting the Florida trip. Have it on Facebook. And if youtube will let me i don't know if i have an allowance to get enough get a linked video on there yet i I don't know how that works exactly but we'll check it out we'll see you guys in a week